This is the Victory Life Today podcast with Al and Angie Berg. Together, we'll learn how to stand in victory each and every day. Live life set ablaze by faith, filled with purpose. Live life above your circumstance. We're excited because we're going to teach about something that, you know, might be a little bit hard for you guys to do. And it was hard for Al and it's hard for me when when God asks you to do something that seems stupid or impossible or crazy or yeah, or above what you could possibly even think. I mean, why would he even do that? You know, God is always trying to stretch your faith. He's always trying to move you to another level in him. And what's going to happen is he's going to tell you to do something sometimes that makes no sense to your flesh or your natural mind. Or he's going to tell you to do something. That's impossible. I can't do that, Lord. But all things are possible through Christ. You can do whatever he calls you to do. You know, I tell people, if God calls you to do something, a particular thing in your life, you are instantly anointed to do it. In other words, you have all the ability and talent to do what he calls you to do. You may have to develop it. You may have to study a little bit and work it. But you have it now. In other words, we both have the uh, uh, anointing to do this TV show. We don't have an anointing to sing and do worship music. Maybe you have. Others have those things. And he's going to stretch your, let's say you're a worship leader. He's going to stretch you to worship more, more people, more, a bigger tree. He's always stretching your faith and you're always kind of out there with him. That's good, Al. And that's where he wants you to be because that's where you're dependent on him. And that's where you're connected. That's that you're seeking him and not the miracle or not the gift. You're seeking him for what he has and for what he is and who Mm -hmm. he is. And you operate in the next thing. I always say, just keep doing the last thing God told you to do. And when he gives you a new thing to do, stretching your faith, that becomes the last thing. And you just keep doing that. And he will lead you and guide you into paths. You'll be doing things you never thought you could do. And you'll be doing them easily. Amen. 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 All right. So sometimes God's going to ask you to do something that may seem out of the ordinary. And it doesn't make sense to you. It doesn't make sense to your fleshly mind. But um, many times what God's telling us to do makes no sense at all to the flesh. He might tell you to move. He told us to move, uh, summer-wise, to North Carolina from Florida. And we knew it was God and we went. We just left and we went there. Now, to my flesh, to my ordinary, to my mind, my natural mind, we're four. Yeah, we've never been there before. We've never been there. And if I was going to go anywhere living in Florida, I would have gone way farther north where it could have been cooler in the summer. And that's my flesh and my earthly thinking. But God had us there and he stretched our faith. We we grew in the Lord. We preached all over in those churches that we were a part of. We made great friends and great connections. So mm-hmm. God sometimes will tell you to do something that doesn't make sense to your natural mind. Right. And he doesn't, just because it doesn't make sense to you uh, and your mind may not, you may have trouble understanding it, but you have to believe. God, it is so important. And this is a big thing here at Victory Life Ministries. It is so important to us that you believe God is good. That's right. And he has good for you. And he wants 
good things and he wants to bless you and he wants to prosper you. He is completely uninterested in bringing some kind of judgment down on you for your sin. I don't care what you were taught, it's wrong. God wants you to have a victorious life in the here and the now. If you're a Christian, you're born again, you're going to heaven. That's right. So why not prosper, be blessed here, and then you can be a blessing to others and lead them into the way of the Lord. That's good. So there's a good reason why he wants you to do it. It's always for your benefit. Now, it may be difficult at times. You know, sometimes there's the stretching of the faith. It may be difficult, but it's always ultimately for your benefit. And one of the things we won't have time to get into it today is your reward at the end of all of this. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing what he calls you to do, there's a reward for this. Right. And that's all part of why he's stretching you all. It's always for your good or the good of others. It's part of it. He's, he's stretching your faith all the time. And he's not trying to make it hard on you. He wants you blessed. And I, I remember we were, I was building a house uh, down here in Florida and, um, this is how good God is. I was building this house and I had the money to build the house cash. I had all the money in the bank. And as we were going on and the Lord spoke to me one day and he said, I want you to give $50,000 to a particular ministry. It was Kenneth Copeland, by the way. And I was totally freaked out. Why would God want me to do that? When I've already got to spend all this money building a house. Not only that, you had that $50,000 included in exactly what it was going to cost you exactly. to build this house. Because that's the, the way you are. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and for you to give away that chunk of money would mean you couldn't finish the house. Exactly. I had to borrow money to finish it. Right. Here's the thing. I had all the money in the bank cash. But if I gave away the fifty grand, now i got to borrow fifty grand to get it done. Right. which didn't make any sense to me. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. What I am telling you to do is hear from God. And when you know it's God, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt it's God, just go do it because God will make it work. Otherwise, if you're not sure, operate in wisdom. Don't do stupid things. Right. So do what the right thing with the all story? the time. Let's... So, um, it's funny. Well, it wasn't I funny. think it's funny it because wasn't, it wasn't funny at the time. Um, and, you know, I knew it was God. I knew it was God. And when you know it's God, do it. Just go do it. And I said to the Lord, oh, this is crazy, Lord. I can't give $50,000. So I came up with the bright idea. I gave $30,000. And I remember I wrote out a check for $30,000, put it in an envelope, and drove down to the post because I, I needed to get this off my mind drove down to the post office, put it in the mail, and I was driving home, and I was all happy how good I was and how wonderful I am. And the Lord spoke to me in the midst of that. Now, he told me to give 50000 I gave thirty, And he said, congratulations, Al, you're three-fifths obedient. <laughs> so <laughs> I was so upset because I was happy I finally did something with oh. this. I figured out I got off my back. And he wasn't happy. He said, give 50. But he wanted me blessed. Of course. He wasn't and trying it to It didn't make you. a whole lot of sense at the time, but I knew it was God. So anyway, I'll make a long story short here. So what'd you do? <laughs> I went home and it took me another day. And I was so upset. I wrote a check for $20,000, drove down there and deposited it. 
you know, mailed it and came back home. And when I pulled in my driveway, the Lord said this to me. He said, congratulations, Al, you have secured your inheritance. Now, what did that mean here? There, to me, both? that means both my inheritance here. Right. And we did inherit money years later and we, and we got every penny. And I know a lot of people had said they had an inheritance and all got stolen. We didn't, not one penny was stolen. But he's talking about my inheritance in the kingdom that is to right. come, my reward. Right. Right, that's great. And to make a long story short, I did borrow 50 grand to get the thing done, but within 18 months, I had that paid off. Praise the Lord. So Praise the Lord. you can do the same thing I did. Right. You can do this. Right. And uh, God will bless you. He has things for you that are good. He's some, he's, now, he doesn't do that every day. Yeah, I, I want to I tell this story before we get to this scripture, though, because it reminded me when we were at a Kenneth Copeland conference, we were sitting, actually, we just got the front row, I don't know how, and this guy came and sat next to me, and he was decked out from head to toe with all the most, I mean, he had one of those expensive watches, very expensive boots, his suit was just beautiful, it was just, you could tell this guy had a lot of money, so anyway, I'm or at least he wanted everybody to think. But anyway, he was sitting there and he had come and he bought all hundreds of dollars worth of books, putting them under his, you know. So the, the, the thing starts and offering time comes and I had $40 in my hand from my own wallet. The Lord said, take what you got in there, you know, and give. And then he said, I want you to give it to the man sitting next to you. And I thought that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I said, Lord, have you seen this man? I mean, this man was decked out. He, was, he, he wore the most expensive, beautiful clothes. And I said, the first thing I did was try to reason my way out of it because it did not make sense to me and my natural mind. Because this man looked like he did not need $40. Okay? He looked like he had millions. Maybe he needed the $40 to pay for all those clothes he had. <laughs> Help him pay for I it. I don't know what it was. But I struggled and struggled and struggled because I was trying to have a bigger brain than God. I was trying to That's outthink pride. God. I was trying to say, you know, Lord, you got this one wrong. And and plus, I thought I was going to be embarrassed. I was thinking about me, really. I was saying, what's he going to think? He's going to laugh in my face when I give this man $40. I, that's what I really thought. So what happened? It was all about me. Like it was all about Al with that $30,000. It was like he was going to keep the 20 for himself and just give 30 when it was total disobedience. So anyway, it's the same with me. Like I had a choice and I waited and I waited. And by the time the basket came around, I let it pass. And then I did give it to him. And you know what? I didn't have the same thing happen to me where I could tell you what happened because I did that. But the point is, I obeyed God. But at his word, you do what seems so ridiculous. Just do it anyway. But I want to get to this story, Al, because um, Luke 5, as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake and saw two boats beside the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. He entered one of the boats, which was Simon's, Peter's, and asked him to thrust it out a little from the land. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And other scriptures say, other versions say he asked Peter to use his boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon said, Master, we've worked all night, and we have caught nothing but at your word. Okay, so here was the thing he told Peter. He said, but at your word, I'm going to let down the net. So when they did this, the Bible says they caught a great number of fish and the net was tearing. So they had to get their partners to come and help them bring all the fish in. 
But this made absolutely no sense to Peter at the beginning. Peter had been fishing all night. He was just out there. And he knew there was no fish. He must have thought, look, Jesus, you don't know anything about fishing. But I'm sure that went through his mind because he was thinking naturally, he was thinking carnally. Look, there's a spiritual side to this too. When God gives you that instruction, you're going to miss out if you don't obey it, no matter how silly it seems. Yeah, don't be three-fifths obedient. And they actually were because he said, put your nets out. He put out one. He put out one. But you know what? I know why he did that. He knew, Peter knew it didn't make any sense to try this again. I mean, he's saying no. He had to be tired. He had to be discouraged. Peter had a family. He had to pay bills. And he didn't get any money that day because he caught nothing. And then do you know how hard it is, Al, to clean those nets? Oh, it's a whole job. I mean, because there's like seaweed and everything on it. Yes, it's a very long and tedious job, and it's not easy. And here they are cleaning their nets and getting them all finished. And Jesus says, "Ah, excuse me, can I use your boat?" And Peter's like, "Probably, okay. I just want to go home." (laughs) <laughs> My wife has a hot meal for me. I worked all night. I got nothing. Uh, he could have told Jesus that. He could have said, look, Lord, I know you mean well. Any other time I would do it, but right now I think I'm going to pass. But he let him use his boat. And then he said, after that ridiculous command, according to Peter, he said, but at your word, I will let down the net. And as Al says, when you're sure it's God, when you're sure it's him, do it. Right. At his word. Right. But his word was to let down the nets, but that's another story. But in other words, Peter let down the net. He did it. He did what Jesus told him to do, even though he thought it was the most ridiculous thing he ever heard because he was just out there. Yeah. You know, God, God really needs something to work with. And he'll tell you what to do to give him something to work with. Oh, it's like it, he does it from the start. He makes it easy. He, he, he does the whole thing, really. It's like I always say, God causes you to do something as long as you agree to it. Like you let the net down, you paid the money. He causes you to do something and then he rewards you for it. It's almost ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, it isn't like, well, I did all of this for the Lord and then he's going to reward me. No, no, no. He says, I want you to do this. And then he makes it a way for you to do it. And then he goes, I'm going to reward you for that. That was awesome. You're like, whoa, wow. This God is amazing. And God can't wait to bless you, and he can't wait to bring uh, a reward to you. He can't wait. People think, oh, God can't wait to bring a judgment on you. That's wrong. You know, I always tell people this. 90% of what I've learned in the first 10 years of my Christian life was wrong. And I had to unlearn it and start learning that God wasn't mad at me. He wasn't bringing judgments on me. He wasn't making me sick. When I went into the scripture, I said, you know, the God that I see in here and the God that many times I was being taught were two different people. And um, when I hooked up to the fact that God is good and he loves me and he wants good for me, right. he wants a whole bunch of fish in my net, Right. Um, life is different. It's amazing. You know, Al, I had a problem with my hip. I don't, you do remember a couple of years ago and really for one year I was limping. Now, I don't know what it was. I just I just had this pain in my hip. 
And I had a supernatural experience with the Lord where I was in my prayer closet one day and I wasn't even thinking of my hip. I just worship God, right? Don't we do that no matter what's going on in our life? And the Lord takes me to heaven, okay? And he shows me an angel going to a big closet and opening up this closet and taking out a hip and a leg and bringing it down. Now, I have my eyes closed and I'm on the floor and I'm worshiping the Lord. And he, the angel brings it down to my body and literally replaces the hip in my you body. You saw it. He, I saw the whole thing. And you know what? I When I realized what was happening to me, I was laying down just enjoying it because I said, you take all the time you need. And the angels were all standing around me and Jesus was looking down over me watching this so-called surgery happen. And I knew I had a new hip and a new leg and nobody could tell me that didn't happen because it did. And I'm not that kind of person. This happens once in a lifetime to me. You know, I mean, it will happen more than that, but still, I mean, I'm not that kind of person to make up stories like that. This was real. And, and I got up and I knew that my hip was healed. I knew it. Two months later, I still had the pain. And I said, wait a minute. I, said, I, was, I, I would go in my room and I would talk to my leg and say, wait a minute, you need to accept this new hip. You need to accept this new bone or whatever it is he put in there. I don't even know. I said, you need to, and hip, you need to settle down in your new home. Because I knew what had happened to me. But every once in a while, it would, it would hurt. And I'd go, gee, what? Gee, I don't, I don't know. You see, what you had, you are 100% healed. You have the healing now. Right. What you feel is a lie. So you, that's right. You know what God told me when I started questioning a little bit? I know that happened to me, but as time goes on, it's like, why is the pain still here? And you know, the Lord showed me some things. He says, you know, when people have hip surgery, they have to do rehab for months. Oh, wow. And I, and I thought, whoa, I, you know, I, I didn't even think, so that helped a little. But when I started getting a little off and started wondering how long this and that, he says, you're judging this whole thing by your flesh. There you go. He said, you're not taking me at my word, and you're not taking me about what actually happened to you in that room. You're not taking it seriously enough. You believe that? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you have to take him at his word no matter what you're feeling. It's almost like sometimes your body rejects it. It's like your body, you know, our yeah. flesh is what they call fallen. The, the flesh is fallen, and it just doesn't want to do anything from the spirit. And when the spirit realm enters in and you get the new hip, it's almost like your flesh is fighting it. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? And he even told, Jesus even told the Pharisees in John chapter 8, he says, look, you're judging, they were judging him after the flesh. They were looking at him through the carnal eyes, not realizing who he really was. They were judging through their natural eyes. And that's what I was doing on and off. For the most part, I was doing really well, but on and off, that would creep up. You are to judge according to the word of God. And if you have a back problem and the word of God says you don't, you need to judge according to the word of God and not according to what you see or feel. It's his word. It's absolutely, you know, I, I always say that, you know, it's, it says, are, is any, uh, are any among you sick, right? Let him get the elders, anoint him with oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick or heal the sick. So that means when, when you get the elders and you get the oil and you've been prayed for, that means you are healed right then and there. But I don't feel any better. My flesh is the same. I'm still whatever your problem was. At that moment, either God's a liar 
or he's unable to perform, or what you now have is a lie. Yeah. Because you've been healed. And the lies can be very convincing. Yeah. So go ahead. So Jesus yeah. is telling the Pharisees that they were I, judging him after right. the flesh. And, and you know, we got to go by what this word says. That's what we judge it all by that. You know, though the word is his word. That's what that is. That's, That's right. who that he is speaking that. And it would either be a general word to you or a personal word to you, like Al, give that money to that ministry. But you need to take it personally and you need to obey the instruction no matter what you think. But, you know, on a general scale, Al, we need to speak the words, uh, the word of God over. You know, I, I'm just thinking about something. Mary, when the angel came to her and said, you're going to have a, a child and he's going to be the Messiah and everything. What did she say? She said, be it unto, be it unto me, unto me according, according to, your to word, thy word, what you said. That's right. Let it be according to your word. And that's how you have victory in this life. This right. is how you see things happen. You need to speak words over your situation, you, no matter what you see in the natural. I always say, at least speak in agreement with what you're trying to do. Yes. Let me let me make it easy for you to understand. You're on a diet and you're trying to lose weight, and all you say is, "I can't lose weight. I can't, oh, I'm gaining. I never lose any weight. It, it's hard." Why don't you speak in in agreement with what you're trying to do? You're on a diet. I'm losing weight. God's causing my body to be strong against weight gain. I'm going to lose weight. I'm losing weight. I'm going to weigh this much money. Speaking money, this much oh, I'm weight. I'm sorry, weight. I, I got money on my mind. Money's mouth. satisfied. <laughs> so my point is we don't even speak. We don't even speak in agreement with what we're trying to do. Right, right. You, you know, right. you're working. You talk about money. That's you're working good. day and night. You're working 80 hours a week. You're trying to make a lot of money. And then, and you are. And then what do you say? Oh, I got no money. I can't make any money. I don't know. It just never seems to work. But why don't you speak in agreement? At least at a minimum, speak in agreement with what you're trying to That's do. That's right. That's right. Don't sit there and say, like, we do these this TV show. We have cameras. We have the things we buy, the, all the work that it takes to produce this TV show. I don't sit there and say, you know, we just never do a good show. I know. Well, we don't, actually. They're all really good. But I never say anything against it. I never say, oh, it'll never work. It's never going anywhere. Yeah, I'd like it maybe to do better and to go further. But at this point, we are blessed and we are prospering and we are expanding and we're growing in this ministry. And, you know, you may not, what you say, you may not right now believe 100% in what you're saying. But if you still stick with the Word of God and say what the Word of God says, the Bible tells us it's active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it'll cut any demonic trick that's trying to come against you, any sickness, that sword will just slice it to nothing and make it ineffective in your life if you speak that Word out. But if you don't and you embrace it, that's another thing. But stick, you know, sometimes when I say something, when a physical problem, like when Al broke his hip and we had all the physical problems there, I felt like I was in in this whole little bubble all by myself, well, with Al. And, and we were speaking all different things than what we were seeing. I mean, people would think we were absolutely nuts, but we got the victory because it's according to his words. But here's what I want to say. Even if you don't believe what you're saying, even if it's in the word and you don't really believe it, believe in the power of your words. 
Can you do that? I think you could do that. What that really means is believe the words by themselves will work. That's right. Can you do that and speak it and say, well, I don't know, but I can speak these words. Even It will work. And when you speak those words, you it will help you to believe. That's right. But at least speak it, it, it let the words themselves work. Absolutely. Because that's how powerful the word of God is. That's right. You know, and Proverbs uh, 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power, which translates the direction that your tongue decides to take. So whichever way you speak and whatever you think and speak is what you're going to have in your life. So that's why it's so important. I love the Word of God. I love that I could depend on something other than myself because I always mess it up. I love that, you know, you tell me, oh, you use Jesus as a crutch. Yes, I do. I lean on him. You know, I mean, it's the best thing you could ever do. So no matter what God tells you to do, don't question it. Don't give it a second thought. That's what Eve did. She gave it a second thought and ate that fruit. And look what happened. Now we have to live by faith because <laughs> of her. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for new episodes each week. Learn more about us and find tons of resources that will help you grow your faith at VictoryLifeMinistries.org.